Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, also in honor of API Heritage Month, is Chatri Sutyadtong, who is the founder, chairman, and CEO of One Championship, the largest sports media company in Asia, also Silicon Valley unicorn, meaning worth over a billion dollars, and it is backed by Sequoia. Chachi will be giving us his background and what led to the rise of his company. And also, he's currently the star of the One Championship edition of The Apprentice, and that is the same show that Donald Trump got a start on, and so we'll be talking about it as well, so don't go away. In this week's tech news, one of the biggest news stories is, of course, the hack on the Colonial Pipeline by ransomware. And that is going on currently, and that is what's causing the spikes in gas prices as gas is hard to come by. I will be talking about that more in Cyber Tip of the Week. In other tech news, the U.S. has backtracked on Xiaomi, which was a blacklisted company. It's a Chinese company that does communications. The U.S. is saying that they're no longer on that blacklist. Also, also, you continue to hear about NFTs or non-fungible tokens. It's another form of cryptocurrency. Uh, what's happening in the art world is that some of these are going for many, many millions of dollars. Beeple went for $69 million about a month and a half ago. And now these cyberpunks have released their NFTs and they went for $16.9 million for a collection of nine digital art pieces. We will continue to talk about that as well. And our last story is that Facebook is under fire from 40 attorney generals in that they wanted to create an Instagram for under 13-year-olds. A lot of people think that's a bad idea, especially since Facebook and Instagram, technically, you shouldn't be under 13 to use the platform in the first place. And that just goes back to the lack of oversight and control in preventing under 13-year-olds from being even on the system. Zuckerberg, CEO Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook had said, well, he thinks there's a big demand for this type of content. And these attorney generals think, again, it's a really bad idea. And we'll be sure to tell you more about that as we hear more. And that's the Tech News of the Week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I'm joined with Chatri Sityatong, who is the founder, chairman, and CEO of One Championship, considered to be Asia's premier and largest sports media entertainment company. Welcome, Chatri, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Keith. Appreciate it. So, Chachi, it's an honor to have gotten to know you through Clubhouse, actually, which has been a viral audio app where you get really engaged in conversation. And as we become friends, I just thought your story is so amazing and the tie to Silicon Valley capital. I just really appreciated that you were able to be on our show during Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So thank you for being here. No, thank you for, for having me, Keith. Uh, who would have thought that few conversations would form into a budding friendship between you and me, you know, but we've had a lot of great conversations on Clubhouse. I'm grateful to be here. Right. Well, thank you. So Chatri, I wanted to start off with your background because it's almost cliche, but it's an amazing rags to riches story. So I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about how you got to 
where you're at today, starting with the early days. Sure. So I uh, grew up in Thailand as a child. My mother is Japanese. My father is Thai. And uh, I grew up in the, the most blessed childhood you could ever imagine. You know, uh, an incredible family life, um, well-to-do home. I never had to worry about anything. I was almost naive in, 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 the, in the way my, my childhood was. Everything was just a blessing. And, and I don't ever remember, you know, ever lacking for anything. My father at one point uh, started struggling financially and then went bankrupt. Then he abandoned the family. And so my life literally went 180 degrees and was shattered. We lost the house, the, the car, everything. And my mother was a traditional Asian housewife, a homemaker. She had never worked in her life. She had no skills and no, no resume. And um, she was left with two sons and, and uh, you know, a very bleak future. And, and I, at the, up until that point, I'd never seen my mother cry. And, you know, watching her life, you know, implode, you know, her husband leaving her and um, essentially she has no, no, no future. That really, you know, really, really shattered me. It, it broke me watching my mother cry for the first time. When you're hopeless and despondent and watching your mother cry, you know, it does one of two things. It can break you completely in which you kind of like throw in the towel on life um, or something wells up inside of you and, and, and you want to fight for a better future. You have a reason rather to fight for a better future instead of yourself. You're, you're, you're fighting for your mother. I did have many moments where I wanted to quit, where I didn't know which way to turn, but Thankfully, it was, I would say it's two things, uh, you know, left hand and right hand. On one hand, my mother, um, she truly expressed unconditional love for me always and belief. And she said to me, Chacha, you're the oldest son. The plan is um, for you to apply to Harvard and eventually get a safe corporate job. And, you know, I was really shocked. I said, mom, there's no way, first of all, I'm going to get into Harvard. Second of all, you know, I, we don't have money. I mean, there's no way for me to pay for school fees or living expenses, even books for that matter. And my mom, uh, you know, she just said, Chatra, I believe in you and, and you're the oldest son and this is your moment um, to shine and, 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 and help the family out of poverty. And, you know, long story cut short, I did get into Harvard and I still to this day believe it was a fluke, a, a pure luck because nothing in my path, I wasn't like some valedictorian, I wasn't some like rock star academic guy, you know, um, actually the vast majority of my childhood, I had pretty bad grades. I played sports, I chased girls, I, I you know, got suspended uh, for fighting, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of dumb stuff that, uh, kids or rebels do when you're, when, when you're a kid. And that was me. And, um, but uh, for whatever reason I did get in and I remember being filled with so much fear, doubt and insecurity. Um, first was a, this thing must be a fluke. I'm not smart enough to even graduate. Second is where are we going to get the money? And if we get the money and I don't graduate, then what happens? Because I was afraid of getting kicked out for academic, not being academically, um, gifted enough to, to, to survive and um, roll forward, you know, 
the first week at Harvard, I come with one suitcase with all of my life's belongings and about a thousand dollars in cash. Um, I left the uh, Thailand and, and, uh, I never thought I was ever going to come back to Thailand. I thought this was it. I'm going to emigrate. Um, and obviously, you know, I had spent time in the States already before, before that time. Right. But um, this point was like, there was no turning back for me. And I was, thought I have to succeed so I can bring my mother and younger brother. And I would say, you know, right hand, left hand, I was saying the power of, you know, a mother's love. But also I was very fortunate that, you know, I'm a lifelong martial artist. I've been doing martial arts all of my life. And so even up, at the, up until that point, um, martial arts, martial arts had made me a fighter in life. Like at the end of the day, I've been taught to fight in the ring and more importantly, how to fight in life. And so I, I'm deeply grateful to my martial arts roots. I, I train every day, even until this day. So I've been trained for 35 years, uh, practically straight. Um, and uh, those two factors are the reason why I was able to escape poverty. Um, Long story cut short, second year of business school, my mother flew to live with me in a small, tiny dorm room, a single um, in Morris Hall. I slept on the floor, my mom slept on the bed and because she had nowhere else to live. Right. And, you know, it was really crazy times. And um, one thing led to another. And the plan was for me to get a very safe corporate job, a Fortune 500 job. Much to my mother's dismay, a classmate and I decided to start a company. Let's talk about this in the next segment. I mean, I, I want to get into that. I really appreciate your background. It is definitely a story that people don't often hear. People have this expectation, especially for Asians, that they're always successful, that they don't have to, that they're very good academically. And yet your story needs to be told. So I want to get back to that in our next segment. You're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. My special guest today is Chatri Sutyatong, who is the founder, chairman, and CEO of One Championship, Asia's largest sports media entertainment company, as well as the star of the Apprentice One Championship edition, which we're going to get to both a little bit later in the show. If you have any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and you can find Chachi and myself on Clubhouse and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On my show today is my special guest and friend, Chatri Sityotong, who is the founder, chairman, and CEO of One Championship, Asia's largest sports media entertainment company as well as the star of the Apprentice One Championship Edition out of Asia. And uh, we've been talking about how he actually got his start from very humble beginnings. Before we get back to your story, Chatri, I wanted to ask you this question. One thing I really admire about you is you talk a lot and you live it about passion and purpose over profit. And I think it's a very important message to tell. So what do you mean by that? When I was younger, i.e. when I was poor, um, I thought naively that the meaning to happiness was making a lot of money because that was a way in which I could stop or end the suffering of my mother. So I just chased money blindly. And it wasn't until I was on Wall Street, I owned my own $500 million 
global hedge fund. And I had a record year that year. And I went down to the sushi bar for lunch by myself nearby the rest, uh, nearby the office. And I was all adrenaline pumping for having made, made a lot of money that year. The hedge fund was up huge. I was very ecstatic. And I want to say I was around 35 or 36 around there. And I went uh, and sat there and I was super happy. But as the lunch wore on, I just started thinking about my life, um, rolling it forward. And I said, what's going to happen? What's going to happen from here on? And I realized then it was just like, there'd be more zeros to my hedge fund. There'd be more zeros to my bank account. I'd have more houses, more cars. But I still felt this deep sense of emptiness inside. You know, I couldn't sleep for many weeks. And here's the funny thing. My mom's words echoed in my mind in that sushi bar, sushi restaurant. When I was a little boy, she said to me, throughout my entire childhood, actually, Chatri, you're going to grow up to help people. And she said, Chatri, you're going to grow up to help the world. That was, she would say all the time. And I usually think it was motherly gibberish. But when I was sitting there, I started thinking about what am I doing with my life? And, and it really hit me hard that I had climbed to the top of the wrong mountain. Now, I'm, you know, if Wall Street is something that truly ignites your soul and that you truly fulfills you, then you should be there and that's what you should be. And, then, and that's how you can contribute to the world. I just knew that in, inside me that I was chasing money because I wanted to take away the pain from my mother. And even after I made millions, I was still chasing money without reassessing and, and thinking deeply about the meaning of life and, and, and money and, and happiness and everything. And I just realized at that moment, like, you know, I could roll forward until I'm 80 years old and, you know, have a lot, a lot of money, a lot, a lot of houses and cars, but what's the point? What have I done? And uh, many sleepless nights later, I started thinking about everything. And I came back to my first love and I said, you know what? First thing I want to do is do something I truly, truly love every day. And martial arts has been my greatest passion in life. And I've been doing martial arts every day, even again to this day for the last 35 years. And I, it is the happiest hour or two hours of my day, every day. And so I started thinking about how can I do this 24 seven? And at the same time I said, martial arts, if I attribute the two factors, the two biggest drivers for me escaping poverty is my mother's unconditional love and belief in me and equally important martial arts and the warrior spirit it forged in me through thousands of hours of training, years and years of training. And there are so many beautiful things about martial arts that through this rigorous discipline of training, you inherit integrity, humility, honor, respect, courage, discipline, compassion, so many incredible values that allow you to succeed in life. And so I really believe that martial arts is one of the greatest platforms to unleash human potential. So as I started thinking about all this thing, I was like, how can I do something that I really truly love that, that yet is helping people? And again, my mom's words about helping people. And as I started thinking about what I was doing, I realized I have to retire as a hedge fund manager and I have to go chase a crazy dream. And at that point, I wanted to live my life of martial arts. And my mom thought I was crazy. I was going to ask you about that, especially coming from Asian parents. 
just to recap, Rags the Riches story along the way, getting into Harvard, uh, almost penniless, your mother sharing your dorm room with you for finances. You have a dream job, Wall Street job, get into hedge fund, and you decide that that's not your purpose in life. And you decide that you have a different calling, which is great. But then how did you deal with that with your mother? I mean, it was very difficult. So my mother thought I was being arrogant and I was being a black gratitude. She said, Chatri, you own your own $500 million hedge fund, which you can grow to a billion, five billion, 10 billion, whatever it is. You know how many people would kill for your opportunity? And she said to me, Chatri, you've forgotten our days of struggle and poverty when we used to eat you know, microwave uh, frozen foods for a dollar, dollar fifty, uh, you know, a, a pop. And she was very upset. And my friends thought I was stupid and crazy and said similar things. And, but I just felt in my heart that I had to do something that was going to help people. And again, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, my mother embedded that lesson in life in, in me from a very early age. Like, as far back as five years old, I can remember my mom telling me, Chachi, you're going to grow up to help people. And I just didn't feel like I was living anything that was helping. But I, was, I was getting rich, but I wasn't necessarily helping people. And so long story cut short, I did a lot of work and I realized that every region of the world has several multi-billion dollar sports properties that are part of the fabric of culture, history, and daily life. So the U.S. has NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. Europe has F1, Champions League, EPL, um, and so forth. And these are, you know, sports properties worth up to $100 billion. And then Asia had literally nothing, nothing. And I thought that's so strange that Asia has no sports property to call its own that genuinely unifies or unites four and a half billion people and still is celebrated all over the world, like NBA is, right? Or, or EPL, soccer, or Champions League. So I decided I'm going to go back to Asia and I'm going to do something big with my life. And I'm going to chase my, my, my greatest passion, which is or rather spread my greatest passion um, and, and change the world through the martial arts. And when I wrote down on the business plan, you know, the mission of the company, it had nothing to do with promoting fights or, or uh, you know, pay-per-view dollars or anything. It was about unleashing real life superheroes who ignite the world with hope, strength, dreams, and inspiration. So I wanted to create a platform that unleashed real life heroes, you know, where, where we could celebrate their values that every family grandkid could celebrate with, with their siblings and their grandparents and parents as a family of values. Um, and then heroes that genuinely inspired entire countries and then telling their stories of overcoming impossible odds tragedy, adversity, poverty, whatever it may be, to elevate the human spirit um, all over the world. And, and so it was a simple form of values, heroes, and stories. Crazy, you know, roll forward after a very, very tough first three years where I was rejected by everybody, literally failure after failure, thousands of failures and rejection the first three years, burning through my own money and my best friend's money from Harvard. Just a disaster. Literally no broadcaster wanted us. They thought it was a dumb idea. Brands thought it was a silly idea. Governments didn't want us. Potential investors thought it was a dumb idea. Employees didn't want to join us. It was just like disaster after disaster. Such at the end, after, at the end of the third year, I called my mom and said, mom, I'm thinking about quitting. And my mom, you know, said, ah, see, you should have, in, in Japanese, she said, see, you should have listened to your mommy. I told you so. 
And of course I felt like crap, but then at the very end of the call, my mom just said, so why don't you just quit? And I think a mother knows what to say. So when I hung up, I thought about what, why should I just, why don't I just quit? And I just started thinking about my passion and my purpose. My passion is this is my greatest thing that I love in life that I live for every day. How can I quit that? And then this purpose of, you know, when you look around the whole world, there's all this anger and hatred and divisiveness. And if I can create a company that's a beacon of hope, that creates heroes for the next generation, that, you know, uh, exemplifies values, that tells these incredible stories of human triumph, that I knew that I could change the world by injecting hope and strength and dreams and inspiration into millions and eventually billions of people if I could create this platform, again, whether it's like an NBA equivalent in America, but in Asia, we focus on martial arts. Three years after that phone call, the company was valued at a billion dollars. I could never have seen that ever, like given the start we had. Chachi, that's just an inspirational story about how one championship got valued to a billion dollars. When we come back, I want you to talk about more about how Sequoia played into that. You're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. Special guest today is Chachi Sityotong, who is the founder, chairman, and CEO of One Championship, Asia's largest sports media brand, and a Silicon Valley unicorn with a valuation of over a billion dollars, backed by Sequoia. If you have any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, my special guest and good friend is Chatri Sityatong, who is the founder, chairman, and CEO of One Championship that would be Asia's largest sports media brand and a Silicon Valley unicorn that is backed by Sequoia. One Championship is comparable to the UFC here in the United States. And we'll be right back with more of Chatri. On this week's cyber tip, I'm going to follow up more on the Colonial Pipeline attack. That is the attack on one of the largest oil providers on the eastern seaboard of the United States, what's crippled the supply chain and why gas costs have been rising very high. What's behind that is a group allegedly be called DarkSide. That is a group that monetizes by taking over systems through ransomware. And so just a reminder, ransomware is when a system is taken over and you are asked as the victim to pay cryptocurrency usually to get your systems unlocked. In this case, there's still a lot of things going on regarding whether or not that is going to happen. And since that's not yet resolved, the company, Colonial, has shut down the supply chain. This is really more of an indication that a lot of people feel that the U.S.'s critical infrastructure has not been hardened or secure enough to withstand such attacks, and that there's actually discussions now that there'll be more regulations in place in order to defend and combat these attacks. Uh, These answers are not easy. I mean, cybersecurity is a many billion dollar industry, but it is very concerning that ransomware can shut down entire systems of infrastructure. So not so much a tip, just more an awareness and I'll continue to stay on top of this cyber news as well. And that's the Cyber Tip of the Week. 
Welcome back to the show. Once again, I'm joined with Chachi Sityotong, who is the chairman, founder, and CEO of One Championship, Asia's largest sports media brand, as well as a Silicon Valley unicorn. In the earlier segment, we were just talking with Chachi about how his company got valued to a billion dollars and how Sequoia was behind that. So we're going to continue on with that discussion. That's amazing. And you're backed by Sequoia. Yeah. Yeah, so we've been very fortunate. Sequoia Capital is our largest institutional uh, shareholder. And uh, Sir Michael Moritz, uh, the chairman of Sequoia Capital, and uh, Douglas Leon, the global managing partner, actually flew to Singapore, um, where we're headquartered, and we had breakfast. um, And within an hour, um, Michael Moritz, I'll never forget these words, Michael Moritz said, so succinctly and so poignantly, he said, Chatri, you're an authentic founder. And I didn't quite understand what that meant. And he said, this is your life calling. And because sports media is an incredible business model, as it is, it's a platform business with incredible um, economies of scale and network effects and all that stuff. He said, Chatri, my equity is going to compound on your passion. Those are his exact words. And it just hit me so hard. I'm like, wow, no wonder, you know, Sequoia Capital is arguably one of the greatest um, venture capital firms out of Silicon Valley or actually on the planet. Yeah. And that Michael Moritz is, is, is one of the greatest, you know, he's obviously a legendary investor. But for him to say that, you know, he just shrunk the entire thesis down to one simple sentence. Um, and I just thought it was so poignant. And it just, that those words just carried with me. And it's true. I am an authentic founder. This is my life calling. This is my life's calling. I mean, there is nothing else I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to keep growing one. And, you know, we're now in 154 countries, going to 196 countries in the next three years. The medium term goal is to take the company to 10 billion um, and then eventually keep growing. But most of all, when people ask me, you know, what are you most proud of? I look back at this journey and I'm most proud of the magical moments I've had with our athletes, with our uh, fans and how one has changed their lives and helped them. I'll give you a, a, a story yeah, that happened in May 2016. Um, I started the company in 2011, and in May 2016, five years later, we had our first event in Thailand. And I never planned to go back to Thailand because I left in, in shame and poverty and embarrassment with, with, you know, after my father abandoned us, and we left literally in poverty. And I never thought I was going to go back. And I always had this chip on my shoulder. I never wanted to go back because I was embarrassed. And, you know, Asian society, it's, it's, it's such, a, such that if you come from a broken home or you come from a f- home that went from, you know, well-to-do to, to, to poverty, it's just, it's just um, that's just not, that's very frowned upon by a- in Asian society. And, but we did have our first event and it was really incredible because I just felt so much love from the country. Um, and uh, one of the TV uh, broadcasters did a mini documentary on my life story, and it was blasted all over the country. And it was like a big homecoming, and I just had never expected it. But the most powerful memory was I was in the stadium, and thousands of people are chanting and screaming. I was sitting there by myself, and you know the fights were going on. And suddenly, out of the corner of my eye, a lady comes running to me with two young girls. Maybe there are seven, eight years old around that age. And she says, sir, sir, can we have your, 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 your photograph? Can we have your autograph? And so of course, you know, fans uh, often do that. I often ask. And then I just looked at the mom and said, you know, um, 
you know, how did you find out about one championship? Why are you here? And she says, oh, actually, sir, we know nothing about one championship. I saw your documentary on TV. and I'm a single mother struggling in poverty. I wanted my daughters to meet you, to know that there was hope. I had tears in my eyes. Mom had tears in my eyes. I hugged the mom. I hugged the two daughters and I gave them some words of lessons about life and, and, and inspiration. And, you know, I hugged them and, and, and that night I remember coming back home and thinking deeply about, wow, you know, I was unleashing all these real life superheroes with our world champion athletes, but I didn't realize that my own story could serve as inspiration or hope or strength for others. And at that moment, I realized like my life had come full circle. So those magical memories, you know, go back to my mother telling me as a five-year-old boy, you're going to help people. And the, the, the deep fulfillment I have inside of me running one versus, you know, running my global hedge fund is just incomparable. And so to answer your question, you know, Keith, I think ultimately when you have passion and you have purpose and you're truly doing good in the world, the profits will come. So I was naively wrong when in my days of poverty to think that money was everything. It is not. Money should be the byproduct of helping the world, of doing something good. And the best way to do something good is to live your passion have a purpose that is higher than yourself. I always say to my team, if you're not fighting for something bigger than yourself, then you're dying for nothing. And that, I just feel my life coming full circle. And so I'm very, just, I, I feel so blessed to, to live my dreams, to, to, to live my greatest love in life. And at the same time, you know, I have thousands of these incredible memories that money could never buy, that this journey of one has, has given me. And, and it's not about money. It's about knowing that somehow my work has touched lives and have helped people, that our heroes have helped people um, from all walks of life, not, not, not just in Asia, all over the world now. You know, we're um, broadcast in 154 countries and, and tell these stories, incredible stories of achievement and, and inspiration. This is such an important story. I'm glad you told it. And, and you are a superhero. I mean, that is something I don't want um, any of us to forget because I think especially what's going on, it's Asian American Pacific Island um, Heritage Month, May in the United States. And there's so much news in the world about things that happen with Asians and the hate crimes and the incidents. What happens is as a society, we get into stereotypes, right? There's always these things about the model minority myth the model minority myth is that Asians have somehow made it in U.S. society because of income levels and perceived thoughts about wealth. But what you've told us is something that's important for everyone in the world to understand, that it's not that way in the United States with every Asian. It's not that way with every Asian outside of the United States. People are just people, right? I mean, it's where when you get to know somebody individually, so your story, getting the show, what you've I've told is uh, amazing in terms of uh, coming from a well-off position, su suffering a financial crisis, family, losing everything, and then you rising up out of the ashes and now coming full circle 
you are now able to be that beacon for other people who have guilt and shame and feeling like they haven't accomplished things because Asian society is very difficult. And so I don't want anyone to forget how impactful you've been and you will continue to be in what you're doing at the One Championship. Thank you so much for the kind words, Keith. It means a lot, uh, especially coming from you as a, you know, as an Asian American leader. Um, yeah, I, I just, again, never thought my story would be a story that would help people, but every day it has been, and I just feel blessed. Um, and so in, in a crazy way, I tell people that I'm so grateful for my days in poverty and struggle because not only did it give me compassion and empathy, for anyone who's struggling and going through difficult times, but it also gave me fire in my belly to do something with my life and, and to make some meaning out of the pain. This journey again uh, with one championship has been uh, very cathartic for me and a, a life coming full circle, knowing that I've been able to use my struggles, my suffering, my pain to help others who might be in the similar situation today. And then our heroes, right? Our, our, our world champion athletes, doing the same thing. You know, we have literally um, world champions who, who came from orphanages and incredible rise to become a world champion. We have stories of people overcoming tragedy, adversity, poverty, you name it. I just feel blessed that every day we get to tell these stories. Chatri, thank you so much for being on the show today to talk about your life, uh, one championship and uh, all the things that you do for the community around the world. Uh, when we come back in our next segment, we want to talk about the the Apprentice One Championship Edition out of Asia. So you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On the show today is Chatri Sityatong, who is the founder, chairman, and CEO of One Championship, Asia's largest sports media entertainment group, as well as the star of the Apprentice One Championship Edition. Any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On the show today is my special guest and friend, Chatri Sityatong, who is the founder, chairman, and CEO of One Championship. Asia's largest sports media entertainment group and the star of the Apprentice One Championship Edition. Welcome back, Chatri. Thank you so much, Keith. Hey, hey, Chatri, thank you so much for being here. Early in the show, we talked about everything that's happened to you in life, coming from a well-to-do family, uh, suffering loss, and then rising up out of the ashes and starting a Silicon Valley unicorn uh, one championship. I wanted to actually talk to you now about the Apprentice one championship edition and over the next few minutes what is that like how did that start and what has the experience been like so the apprentice uh, this version this edition of the apprentice is the first global edition so historically there's always been country specific editions so whether in the u.s it was i think with schwarzenegger and trump and then in the uk it's sir alan sugar etc and because one is a global property now um, when MGM and, 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 and my team at One got together, um, the idea came about saying, hey, why don't we have Chaudhry be the host of The Apprentice, but then infused with one championship uh, heroes, our, our martial arts world champions in every episode. 
um, and then infuse it also with uh, my CEO friends from around the world. So um, it's a totally different take on The Apprentice, a very fresh millennial, cool version or edition of The, of the Apprentice in that every episode, the 16 candidates who are vying for a, a job to be my protege, um, they have to go through physical challenges as well as business challenges. So the physical challenges are literally, they have to jump off a 150 foot bridge. They have to, you know, go into helicopter submerged underwater upside down and escape underwater. Um, some crazy, crazy stuff. And on top of it, you know, every episode you'll have one of our world champions who will be there um, either competing or inspiring the, the candidates. And on top of that, in the business challenge size, it's typical business challenges that you see in the other apprentice versions, but we also have guest judges um, who are my CEO friends from around the world. So people like um, Anthony Tan, the CEO, a founder and CEO of Grab, which is the Uber equivalent here out in Southeast Asia. Uh, Eric Yuan, the CEO of Zoom, uh, is on the show as well. Um, many, many other uh, um, uh, very um, uh, incredible just people uh, who, who, who lead incredible companies um, are there to share their business lessons. And so um, it's a really, really fresh take and it launched already, uh, already in the, in, it's, it's been about a month already since it launched in, uh, in Asia. So it's literally uh, broadcast right now, currently every episode. I think we have uh, six or seven more episodes left out here in Asia before then it goes to worldwide distribution. That's amazing. How do we find your show? So we will announce uh, where it's going to be distributed in the U.S. Um, you got to sit tight for that because uh, we're, we're letting the Asia version run through first. And then we have a big shebang on, on, on the rest of the world where we launch. So it's a, it's a two-stage launch. One was to, to launch it out across Asia and then, then to the rest of the world. So I'll, I'll let you know. Um, you'll know shortly. Uh, we'll make a big announcement about where it's going to be broadcast in the U.S. It was the number one streaming um, show in debut, right? In Asia, right, right. It was the number one premiere uh, of this year uh, in Asia. Chatri, again, just to summarize, today we talked about your, your life story, the rise of one championship, a Silicon Valley uh, valued unicorn, which means the company worth over a billion dollars. I'm looking forward to being a decacorn. And we're also talking about how that led to uh, you becoming an actual superhero model for others and now doing the Apprentice, the first global edition, the one championship edition. What's next for you? The next couple of minutes, what's next in store for Chatri? Um, you know, it's kind of crazy, but I don't really have um, a lot of goals, especially long-term ones, you know. Um, for me uh, and my team, I just want to be able to live my passion, live my purpose, and with every passing year, go from millions of viewers to billions of viewers um, and fans that we impact. And, 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 you know, again, our mission is to unleash real life superheroes who ignite the world with hope, strength, dreams, inspiration. And that's the number one thing that drives me. Um, now, we do have a martial arts division. We have an esports division. And now we have a general entertainment content division. Um, and our first foray into general entertainment is The Apprentice. Um, but you will see other content stacks coming out, whether it's TVs or movies, uh, TV shows or movies um, in the future. But, um, you know, the main, the main course, if you will, uh, is our sports uh, events that happen uh, almost every week out here in Asia uh, and live to the world on a broadcast basis.
Well, Chatri, uh, thanks again for being on the show today. You're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On the show today is Chatri Sitgatong, founder, chairman, CEO of One Championship and the star of the Apprentice One Championship edition. Thanks again, Chatri, for being here. Thank you so much, Keith. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider. If you have any questions or comments about today's show, email us at info at svn.biz. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And Chatri and I on Clubhouse. And we will see you next week. And please enjoy Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846. 888-828-SVIN. 